Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. Today we're going to talk some Grizzlies basketball. Had a fun weekend. Uh, Grizzlies on a West Coast road trip. We'll talk all about that. We had boots on the ground out in LA. Some close-up reporting from our guy Slim. Uh, you can find us on the Barnburner Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those cool places. Also check out our work at the-barnburner.com. I am Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro. And with me today, I got Mason and Rich. And Mason, how are you? What it do, baby? Uh, I mean, as you just mentioned, I got to see us drop 140 on what many thought was going to be like the best defensive team in recent history in the L.A. Clippers. Uh, they didn't have Paul George. Palmdale's finest, but uh, it was good to get to see Ja in person for the first time, uh, see Jaron, and, uh, you know, give some good luck to Jay Crowder. I think he just needed to come see your boy, and uh, now he's shooting that hoe again. So, <laughs> uh, we're winning the games, man. It's a fun time to be a Grizz fan. This team is so fun, so resilient. Even in the games we lose, we've only been blown out a couple times. It's not like uh, in years past when we would get down 10, 15, and that shit would just – snowball and just go all the way downhill and the next thing you know we're down by 40 uh, i tweeted the other day i love this team's resiliency and uh man they're just fun as hell light years beyond where i expected we would be this year uh so it's just making this season so much more fun uh and you know we can get into the playoff race or do we need to be losing uh later on in the show but right now just sit back and enjoy the kids what's up rich yo what's good y'all what's popping uh you know, I'm doing well, too. I can't complain. You know, similar to Slim, man, these grids are just, you know, really showing out right now. Uh, but aside from basketball, I'm also very happy uh, because a proud, as a proud Tennessee Titan fan, uh, we yeah. have effectively uh, ended the New England Patriots dynasty. Is that a little too dramatic? Too, too much? Nah, too far? Nah, too, far? Nah. <laughs> too far? Okay. Uh, but, you know, man, shout out to those Tennessee Titans, man. Bring that home. Out in Foxborough, ending Tom Brady's potentially Patriot career on a pick six by my man Logan Ryan, man. So shout out to those Titans playing 
in Baltimore this Saturday. Let them know what's up, man. Tighten up, baby. Hey, I got a question for y'all, man. Could all three of us tackle Derek, Derek Henry not if we try? <laughs> I'm not getting his it, way, it are you? It would be just two of y'all because I'm not trying to tackle his <laughs> No, not a chance. Hey. That man's every, a moving brick wall. That's a grown ass man. Like it, every ass time man. I see that picture from uh, when Alabama. he's in Alabama and Mark Ingram is standing next to him, and he just makes him look like like a little kid. It's ridiculous, man. Shout ridiculous. out to Derrick Henry, Facts. NFL's rushing leader. Titans go into Baltimore, uh, so kind of taking it back to the old days, back when it was what the Central AFC Central or something. Mm-hmm. When we used to play them all the time, Steve McNair, Ray Lewis. Uh, really looking forward to that battle. Uh, this is not a football podcast. No, you didn't come to hear our takes on that, but we got to show love where it's due, man. Go Titans. Yes, sir. Team Tennessee as Fox Sports, uh, what are we, Southeast, has has uh, deemed it. So Yeah, man, we're going to leave the Preds out because they just fired their coach hours ago. So. <laughs> they did. They did. I can't say anything about hockey, so I'll I'll leave that there. All right, so last week, Grizz uh, went out to West Coast, played Sacramento, and – had a big lead in that one, blew that game. That was kind of frustrating, but then we won't have to talk too much about that. Well, I mean, there's a few things to hit on. First of all, what you got? We scored 42 points in the first quarter. <laughs> like that was ridiculous. Yeah. And then we scored 40 in uh, against the Clippers. Like this team is just scoring points. Of course, we we give them right back up uh, to the Kings. We gave up 37 in the second. But my main takeaway from this game was. Man, De'Aaron Fox kind of kind of big boy John Morant. He had five steals and just did whatever he wanted to do to John Morant. Uh, outscored him, outassisted him, and as I mentioned, forced him into all kinds of turnovers and just that was like the most uncomfortable, or maybe maybe it's the most human Ja has looked in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just kind of I was taken aback. I was like, oh damn, like he's, we're, we're he's still not, not used not to perfect. seeing that. Yeah. So that that was my main takeaway was he still got some growing to do, especially when it comes to guards who are of his same ilk. I was kind of disappointed that Pat Bev didn't play in the Clippers game. I was looking forward to seeing that matchup. Yeah, well, in the Clippers matchup now, they ended up putting Kawhi Leonard on Ja, and then we saw the Suns the next night put Kelly Oubre on him. So it's it's basically the – playoff treatment that teams used to give Mike Conley or the fourth quarter treatment uh, John Morant is now seeing as a rookie. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so Sacramento Grizzlies fell. That was kind of a, we almost saw that later in the week with the Suns. That game was uh, way too close for comfort, Uh, but Clippers pretty much took it to them. What'd you see? Was that your first time seeing Ja Mason in person? Yeah, it was my first time seeing them in person. And so when I walked into the arena, we got there a little bit late, like a couple minutes into the first quarter because my cousin has a baby and like we had to get the bag searched and all that. You know, it's a whole process. You know, it's a whole process going to games with the baby now. Uh, you can't, it's not the 90s. You can't just walk in with backpacks and shit anymore. <laughs> so anyways, we, we walk in and the first thing that happens is like the crowd goes, ooh, and that's when Ja is catching the oop uh, in the first quarter. And then just like, it seems like mere moments later is when he made Jerome Robinson, uh, oh, I forgot my phone in the car. <laughs> Uh, when he hit him with that step back and Jerome Robinson went from the three-point line to the paint and Lou Williams just hit job with that 
damn, shot. That was nice. <laughs> and then Jai hit the three. And I mean, Staples Center, there was there was a applause for Jai Morant in Staples Center. So he's definitely bringing the fans out uh, all across the country, which is something Grizzlies fans really haven't seen, except for like in Denver. Grizzlies fans are, are big in Denver. I don't know what it is, but uh, just uh, so seeing Jai in person was great. Like and then Jay Crowder was shooting off LA Clippers fans. They kind of knew this whole basketball thing. They only been around a couple years, you know. So they were like, "Man, that dude's a real shooter." I'm like, "Yeah, man, he's shooting." (laughs) In the midst of his worst season as a pro, but I just hope Sun front office. That's like the only tape that they watch is that Clippers game, right? And then uh, so just one more takeaway from being in person. Kawhi in the first half felt like the same Kawhi that I watched as my last game as a, or maybe it wasn't my last game as a Grizzlies employee, but that playoff series when he was going at it with Mike Conley, that's what the first half felt like. Uh, Cause Kawhi was just not missing. He had 18 in the first half. And I was like, I don't think this dude is going to miss. Like, and so, but luckily he only scored six in the second half and the Grizzlies ran off on him. The, the Clippers kind of made, one little run in the second quarter and one to start the third. Other than that, man, that was not the Clippers team we've seen all year. Like, they did not look mm-hmm. like they wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And credit the Grizzlies for jumping on them early and not, you know, giving them a chance to get back into the game. So that was just kind of some of my takeaways, just being there in person, just seeing Ja and, like, everything looks so easy. Like, right. just anything. Like, he can do anything. It's like a pass fake and making the dude look the other way is nothing now. And, like, back – you know, last year, Fox Sports Southeast would have been all over, like, that replay. They'd be like, oh, look at this highlight. Now it's like, ah, it's just Jock. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's throwing oops, catching oops, like, just passing with both hands. I think that is still, to me, one of the most impressive things that he can do is has his court vision and can just whip the ball with either hand to the corner. I think yeah. my favorite takeaway from Jaws, like, ankle breaker of Jerome Robinson is the guy in the front row who's like, travel, no, it's travel. <laughs> it's a fucking travel, man. Like, <laughs> Dude, know, that's a travel. <laughs> it's a travel. What are you doing? Hey, man, I, to- I told you them bros are new to, to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a fucking travel, my guy. Your boy got broke. Your boy got broke, dog. Oh, shit. I-, I almost was like, is he going to shoot this? Because he took, he took at least three seconds before he shot the ball. It was just like the whole world seemed to freeze. And he's like, he just rubbed it in as much as he possibly could. Yeah. John does not give a fuck, man. And I love it. Like, I love it. I love the, I don't want to say disrespectfulness. That might be the wrong word, but just John is just unapologetic. Let's go with unapologetic. Like, he doesn't care that he's like a rookie or, you know what I'm saying? Like, and shout out Boston College, Jerome Robinson. Um, but yeah, he's being talked about right now because he got his ass broke. Um, and yeah, man, I've just never seen a player of Jaws magnitude and caliber who just comes in with like, you know, one, first and foremost, a chip on the shoulder, but two, just the boss to handle it and just take anything that's given. And yeah, man, he's just fucking exciting as hell. Just electric dog. Yeah, he's very, very special. And then Grizzlies went into Talking Stick Arena. Terrible fucking <laughs> name. Where the the Suns Gorillas, I mean, or the Phoenix Gorillas, I mean the <laughs> Phoenix Suns, um, went in there. Uh, Jonas, I think, was probably the big story of the first half. Uh, he ended the game with 30 points and 8 rebounds on 12 of 16 shooting, so 
super efficient game from uh, Valanciunas. That was really big. Uh, another big. I'm, gl- I'm glad. I'm glad Sam in here to interject and be like, "Yeah, but his fucking defense sucks. And it, it, trade him right now." Well, uh, his defense not good. Uh, no, it's awful. It's at first, I was like, it took me a while to realize to pinpoint exactly what is bad about his defense. Most of it. That's what I've come to decide. <laughs> well, he he can play one to one in the post if someone is trying to make a post up move on the block. Otherwise, he. He's out of the play, pretty much. He's just a roving body. Yeah, and I mean, watching him try to guard Montrez Harrell, it really put it into perspective. Like he he can't stop anyone. <laughs> like Trez just looked at him and was like, "I'm about to take you," and he did. Uh, he had, like I said, he had 14 in the first half. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, he did his dirty in Sacramento too. We're really struggling with bigs lately. Uh, and I mean, as you said, JV just drops back to the restricted area and like lets the guard who's coming off that screen do whatever the hell they want to do. And I don't know if that's the scheme. I think it is. I think that is what Taylor Jenkins wants him to do because he probably is going to get burnt if he hedges, but I would like to see him try and see what kind of skills he has. If he can hedge and slow the ball down. Cause the, the analytical defense in the NBA right now is forcing them into long twos, which is great. And that's what our principles are kind of leading us to, or not kind of, that's what they're leading us to do. But when you get below the free throw line, like that's not a long two. That's, that's a layup. automatic that's a, two. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I uh, had to give a shout out to the chief who couldn't be with us today. I'm probably watching a movie or something. Man. Who knows? <laughs> also, Jonas was three or four from Beyond the Arc. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's almost getting to that uh, that level where I'm I'm almost thinking it's going in. Like he takes that top of the key shot, he's money from there, and I, that really helps spread the offense out. I mean, it reminds me of when Mark started shooting out there, and you know he was just money from there. That that was just back then. That was a big um, like something totally new. But I'm glad that Jonas is able to hit that shot with at least some semblance of consistency over the last 10 games. What do y'all think JV's uh, three point percentage is? 60, 40, 64% from three. And he's uh, making one per game over the last 10. So yeah, like you're saying that that's, Pretty damn good. Yeah, just being able to hit one opens up, and they have to respect you at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to JV. Uh, so last week, um, uh, Chris Harrington wrote a big article, his Grizz Weekly, and he has a bunch of stats in there. Uh, but one thing I looked up today that thought was interesting is that forty-two percent of the Grizzly shots over the past three games, which was I consider that last week, were from three, and they hit 42% of those shots. So I don't, I don't have the numbers of what that ratio was in previous years, but that's definitely trending in the direction that the Grizzlies are trying to move this program. And it yeah. sure does not hurt hitting those at a 42% clip. <laughs> and, I mean, we know most of that is due to Jaron. Like, he's probably the biggest factor in that high percentage. Well, I mean, these last three games, Dylan had, had some big moments. Jay, of course, went off. 
so it's, it kind of seemed like everyone was shooting, but yeah, Jaron is an elite shooter. Um, damn, I just lost completely lost my train of thought on what I was going to say. <laughs> so Kirk Goldsberry, author of Sprawl Ball, he tweeted out the most efficient jump shooters of 2019 and 2020 so far. Number one, he, he ranked them by effective field goal percentage, which weights three-point shots uh, compared to two-point shots. So you get uh, a more of a weighting for hitting a three-pointer as opposed to a two-pointer. Uh, du- Duncan Robinson of the Heat, 67%. Davis Berton, 63%. J.J. Redick, 62%. And Jaron, 62%. So he is with minimum 200 attempts in this category. So he is essentially one of the most efficient jump shooters in the league right now. Just silence. You guys like that? That's that's just, it's just, I mean, he's a shooter now. Like, and that release is so quick. Like he gets it up, like no hesitation now. Like if Jaron has some space, sees some daylight, he's jacking that hoe. And I just don't know if I've ever seen a quicker or swifter transformation so quickly. Like he's a bona fide shooter. It's crazy. I saw people on Twitter talking about put Jaron in the three point shootout. And I, okay, but no, but like that's just wild, man. Like he's a bona fide stretch four, and this dude is 21 years old. And that, that's even including his slow start to the season. Yeah. Where he was cold as ice. And now we know we had the one game where he hit seven threes in a quarter. So that, that was kind of like a peak, but he still maintained. You know, hitting multiple threes in most of the games over a pretty long stretch. I mean, he's not just a bona fide three-point shooter. He's one of the best damn shooters in the NBA uh, in his second year, and he's 20 years old. So my initial reaction when I saw that tweet, I kind of looked at it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I closed it. And I said, hold on. I went back to the tweet. I said, Jaren up here with the white boys. Right ahead of Olympic team Joe Harris. So, yeah, I mean, that is just unreal. To, to Duncan Robinson is like a out-of-this-world three-point shooter. Davis Bertans has become like one of the hottest, yeah, right? hottest names in the league uh, for his advancement this season. And then J.J. Redick is an all-time great shooter. And then it's Jaron Jackson. <laughs> like... And you mentioned that month when he couldn't throw it in the ocean from Venice Beach. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's been a fascinating transformation. So, Jaron, you don't have to play with your back to the goal. You have our approval to uh, stretch it out as far as you need to. Hey, man, stick with me. I told you I'm not to give up on the man. You were, If I remember correctly, <laughs> you were wanting him to post up more. Yeah, and and he has been posting up more when he's got a small guy on him. That's common sense. And he gets buckets when he does it. Yeah, he can get buckets for him anywhere, that's for sure. Man, so see, him, see him dunk on Baines, too? You don't want him to dribble anymore? Because he fucking no, – You don't want him to, to take those three <laughs> dribbles 94 feet and lay it in after a steal? Come on, man. This dude's a ball player. He's shooting it right now, but that's – I mean – he, he's there's more to his game than just a shooter. Oh, absolutely. This his, kid his is dribbling, 20 years old. He's going to be elite. His dribbling looks at times a little clumsy, but I don't think that's something that he, you know, isn't going to improve on every day. 
Hey, Bambi looked clumsy when he was trying to learn how to walk, too. I, I ain't hating, man. I'm not hating. <laughs> I'm just having to get on you because the Chief's not here. <laughs> so it's not just Jaron's jump shooting that's been impressive this season. So the Grizzlies, according to Grizzlies PR, had 30-plus assists in three straight games. Uh, so where do you guys think that the Grizzlies rank in team assists on the season? So, like, does that question make sense? The amount of assists for the team per game, where do you think we rank in the league? Unless you already looked, cheated and looked at the notes. Which I I'm, cheated. <laughs> okay, I'll just tell everyone then. Well, I had it in my, in my stats, too, so. Rich, you look? Uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So Grizzlies are second in assists per game as a team with 27.3 behind mm-hmm. only the bride future sons. And also there we have two players in the top 40 in assists per game. So that'd be being Morant is 17th with 6.6 per game. And then Tyus Jones is 40th with 4.9. Mm. So not only it, are we fortunate enough to have one of the elite shooters on our roster? This team also appears from that statistic, at least to have good chemistry. They're sharing the ball. Well, creating open shots for each other and leading to 140 point games. You don't happen to have the uh, top five teams in front of you, do you? No, I can look it up real quick. It's okay, but uh, just with the Suns and us being top two, I'm like, "Mm, that's kind of (laughs) scary. Maybe maybe somebody needs to hog that thing a little more. (laughs) You're saying because Phoenix is not really because Phoenix sucks. Mm -hmm. Phoenix Phoenix is so bad, man. They were seven point favorites yesterday. So a funny tweet that I saw was uh, Anthony saying tweeted that he was watching the Phoenix broadcast of the game yesterday. And the Grizzlies were starting to come back. And I'll, I'll paraphrase, but the Phoenix announcers were saying something like, oh, yeah, you kind of see this with the young team. It's easy to see why they're at the bottom of the West. <laughs> I mean, when, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this uh, thing we call the standings up right now, and it appears that the Grizzlies are uh, half a game ahead of the Suns. So throwing shade at themselves, <laughs> shade at their son. <laughs> Do I need to call Charles Charles Barkley and tell him how bad it's been in Phoenix? <laughs> we need to get an audio tune out here. I mean, you can't blame them. They haven't had anything to root for in a long time. So, and I, can you imagine being a broadcaster for the Suns? Like, if that guy's been there for longer than like one year, <laughs> like he probably hates his life. It's probably brutal. I mean, he lives in Phoenix, Arizona, which is nice. Uh, shout out to Taylor Dammel from Theater and College Hoops, uh, our Phoenix resident. But fuck the Suns, man. They're so trash. DeAndre Ayton, you chose him with the number one what? pick. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> the whole game, I'm like, so, like, what's – I'm trying to evaluate him and everything. I'm like, I'm, I'm just not super impressed with him. Like, and, I mean, who plays two centers? They had him and Aaron Baines on the court. I'm like, no wonder, like, nothing is going right. I thought Monty Williams – uh, with Rip, and he did have them going in the right way, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. But yesterday after the game, did y'all 
read his post game comments? What is like? If we don't learn how to follow a game plan, there's going to continue to be nights like this where we're good, and nights where or nights like this where we get whooped, and nights where we're good. Like we got to learn how to follow a game plan. So I don't know if he's talking the book. Damn. You know, you can send book on over to Memphis. That'd be a nice uh, third Ooh. superstar. But uh, so the Suns, man, I, I don't know. I don't know what they can do to get out of the hole that they've dug themselves in. Yeah. No, that's a that's definitely a tough place to be. All right, we have some comments. We have Dom Castro nine eight nine asks if we are real or fake. We real, buddy. Real as it gets. Then they asked if we can see your comments. So yes, we yes. can see them, and then everyone else who is watching on the Periscope. So you can actually watch us record on Periscope every week at the underscore barn burner, where we're broadcasting live right now. Uh, so we got those stats on team assists behind the Suns. We ragged on the Suns. Uh, that was enjoyable. Oh, let me here. This this will end our ragging on Phoenix. It's another tweet. We don't have to. Maybe we should have a, a Twitter a Twitter corner. Uh, but Josh Eberly, who is uh, with NBA Canada, he writes for a couple of different outlets. He had a poll, and it had twenty thousand votes. He asked, "Which duo would you want over you know the long haul over the next several years? Which franchise's duo?" Uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton got 23%. De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley got 6%. Trey Young, John Collins got 15%. First of all, I'm taking Fox and Bagley over Trey and Collins. But our boys, John Jaron, got 56% of the votes. And this is from no connection to Grizzlies Twitter or anything like that. This is a guy from Canada, a national writer, tweeting this. got... 39,000 followers and 20,000 votes and 56% are in favor of John Jaron. So, you know, <laughs> fucking shout out to the lottery night two years in a row. Gave <laughs> us that four pick with Jaron. Gave us that two pick for John. We appreciate you, Adam Silver. Shout out to David Stern. RIP. So, in other news this week, uh, today, I believe it's today. What's today? Monday. Yep. News surfaced that John Morant has been invited to the dunk contest. You think he's going to go? I mean, a few minutes ago, he tweeted out, like, the thinking emoji with, like, the oh. thought cloud. <laughs> he's, he's definitely, like, playing into it uh, for sure. I mean, shit. Why? I mean, the people would love to see it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he'll already be there for sure for the Rising Stars game. I mean, that's a given, of course. So, Oof, rising stars game, man. I, I tried yeah. to watch that last year. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's it's terrible. Um, <laughs> but I mean, guards and smaller dudes, I feel have an advantage in the slam dunk contest. Like you're just that much more electrifying. Like it just looks that much more exciting. So, I mean, we talk about job putting the Grizzlies on the map nationally, which mm, we've yeah. already done. That's just taking it <laughs> to a whole another level, man. Because John definitely would have a solid chance of bringing that thing home. I think Dwight Howard's doing it again this year too. I yeah, thought that's, that's only two uh, names that I've. Yeah, I've it's a uh, D White and uh, <laughs> D White and uh, Derrick Jones Jr. from from Miami, the human airplane. Ah, uh, uh, I mean okay. that dude can fly. He's he's been in the he's been contest in before. before though. Um, will Ja do it? I don't think he will. Superstars don't do the dunk contest, um, so I don't think he's going to end up doing it. 
I imagine the Grizz front office is probably saying, "Nah, you, you stay back. Don't don't do that. Yeah. Uh, get getting sk- skills challenge. Do that. Playing your rookie sophomore game, and uh, hey, maybe the All Star game because our boy was tenth in the first returns of All Star voting. So, what superstar was Mike Conley ever tenth? No, no, I, I can no. tell you he was. He uh, was no. when, when I worked no. on the team. He was. Oh uh, yeah, you were you were you're hustling for votes for him, and I remember that. Yeah, not on the first returns at least, but um, you know, it's just what a superstar. He's he, he's just man, All Star Weekend. We're gonna have him, Jaron, Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton, maybe in the sophomore game. We might just play Grizz young young folks versus the rest of the league. Let's do it. <laughs> I saw on uh, NBA NBA Math tweeted they have they have some sort of metric some advanced metric and they're two one and two in rookie of the year for them were Ja and Brandon yeah which I think yeah. a lot of people if you're I really agree. paying attention Brandon Clark's definitely going to be high up on your list I mean who what other rookies yeah Kendrick Nunn uh but he's he's really cooled off in miami he's still playing solid but not putting up the gaudy numbers that he right. was yeah rj barrett and the knicks nah I don't, I don't know who else you would put up there you know but zion should be back soon they said he played a three on three with his teammates today he's been playing three on three with coaches and the plan is to have him play like five on five in, like tomorrow or the next day so hopefully for the mlk day game yeah. Which ends our upcoming six-game homestand. We'll get to see Jai versus Zion. Yeah, I was reading the power rankings early. I don't know if it was on ESPN or the Athletic. And in the Grizzlies little excerpt, it was just like, "Yeah, the rookie of the year race is already over. It's a wrap." <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. Unless he doesn't play another game. It's crazy that we're thirty-seven games into the season, almost yeah, halfway there. It's just flying by. It's amazing how fast it goes when there's actual fun things happening yeah i mean so we'll be halfway through the season at, after the fifth game of this homestand and if you would have told me 37 games into the season that we would be have we mentioned this yet a half game out of the playoffs <laughs> i would have told you you're a damn fool it's crazy yeah i, I sure mean, was not expecting that i mean we only got 15 wins in the west kind of the bottom of the west is really really struggling we didn't expect Portland. Portland made the Western Conference Finals last year and is below us. Um, you know, they, they let a lot of guys go, but the Spurs are right there. Uh, we got a chance to really move into this eight seed if we if we win. But Did you just say if we want to? Was that wanted, coming out of your mouth? I was about to say if we want to, but then I forgot that I was going to play the other role in this podcast. So. Oh. <laughs> Because let's be honest, man, this this stuff ain't going to last. We're going to start losing games. When we trade Jay, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Any of the veterans could get traded. Valanciunas could be traded. Kyle Anderson, we ain't playing him anyway. He might get traded. So just it's not it's not necessarily losing those guys. It's what we get in return and how we fill those minutes. Um are they going to be like good players or are they just going to be dumps? They might be young. Dump you know, contracts. who knows? Yeah, they might be dump contracts, exactly, because we're trying mm-hmm. to take on assets. So, like, we might get some scrubs. Yeah, thanks. I uh, want to sh- give a shout out to Grizz God. He's given some feedback to us. He agrees with uh, Mason and hopes that Morant does not participate in the dunk contest. 
Hashtag more than a dunker. And then he suggested, jokingly, Michael Porter Jr. for another Rookie of the Year candidate. He's had some hot games. That's why I picked him up in Dynasty League, baby. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. Drafted him in the bajillionth round, so that, that's a little sleeper for me. All right, so I'm gonna, I am gonna. ran a poll today on Twitter. I'm going to pull See, this up. Twitter right corner, right. man. I'm telling you, Twitter, Twitter corner. Dude, Twitter can just give you content for hours. You don't need much else. I said... Which Grizzlies player or which player has played the biggest role in the Grizzlies victory this season? Victories this season. Ja, Jaron, or Dylan? So I, I have victory. I have an answer that I have come up with based on some things that I've looked at. So I feel like this is a trick question. Grizzlies victories. Uh, now it's like a school question. Like, make sure you read it correctly because I want to say Ja, and then I want to Jaron. I don't think anyone voted for him, but there's some crazy stat like when Dylan scores twenty or more, we don't lose. So that's making me think that it might be Dylan Brooks. That's exactly the thinking I had. Like when I saw your poll, just thinking about Dylan. And I mean, I'm just gonna say he's he's pretty important to the team, right? He's he's a pretty important piece to the team right now. Um, and so I'm just thinking of if he had one of those nights where he was just super off, you know, super just not really positively contributing, and you know how much he does contribute when he's on, and you know he's just fucking in the zone. I could see how Dylan could be the vote for some of your voters. I don't know, man. That's tough. I'm I will say that my analysis did not coincide with what the voters said at all. Well, I voted for John Morant. So you got a job. What about you, Rich? I, too, voted for John Morant. All right. So Twitter poll says a couple hundred voters, 71.5% said jaw, 23 to Jaron, and 5 to oh. Dylan. <laughs> Shit, real, way too much into that one. <laughs> Never mind. But I'm still. But, but here's what I'm. Here, here's what I've got to say about that. All right. So, uh, I compared those three guys some key metrics for wins and losses. So, Ja in wins he scores eighteen point one four points and gets six point six assists, one point three points per field goal attempt. All right. So, eighteen six and one. In losses, he gets 17.17 points, 6.53 assists, and one and a quarter points per field goal attempt. Pretty much the exact same thing. He scores one point less in losses as opposed to wins. Right. So pretty much he's consistent. And those numbers line up, you know, very closely to his per game averages. Jaron, in wins, he scores. 15 and two-thirds points on 1.27 points per field goal attempt. So I'm measuring his efficiency also, not just his counting stats. In losses, he actually averages four points more, 19.19 points and 1.31 points per field goal attempt. So Ja, no difference. Jaron scores slightly more, a little bit more efficient in losses. Dylan, on the other hand, in losses, a shade under 11 points per game, 10.9, 
and he's shooting uh, 1.45 out of 4.6, so shooting 31% from the three-point line. In wins, he's scoring nearly 20 points, 19.9 points, and hitting almost three of six attempts for 46%. So my argument is that when so as Dylan goes, so the Grizzlies go. The other two guys are, I mean, there's obviously more guys on the team, but that's a pretty big variance. His points literally double, and his efficiency increases by 50% from beyond the arc. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, so with John and Jaron, they're both, there are superstars, but they're not LeBron James and Anthony Davis right. yet. They're not going to win us games, but we do need them to be consistent. Uh, it, there might be a game here or there where they, they, they have an off night and we pull out a win somehow, but usually it's going to be hard for us to win if they're not both giving us like at least 15, I would say. Right. Uh, so the supporting cast is definitely important. And, and with Dylan, man, I don't know if I've ever loved and hated a player's game as much as I do Dylan Brooks. Like, oh, man. Yeah. I really can't think of anyone else. Like, Because when he's hot, you know, you can't – like it's just – out of this world hot. Like he doesn't even, he he almost gets Clay Thompson like where he doesn't even catch it. He just, they pass it to him and like it automatically touches his hand and goes up and swishes through. Uh, But then like (laughs) you get nervous because after he makes like two or three in a row, you're like, Oh shit. Oh, he's going to make it. For sure. Cause if you give him the ball after that and he doesn't have a catch and shoot shot, Mm-hmm. He, he ain't passing it to you unless like he does like three spin moves and has to <laughs> has to get it off and hopes to get it back. Like which you know that's kind of like YMCA rec center ball. Like yo, I hit three in a row. I'm shooting this next one no matter what. <laughs> like, yeah. like, at least yeah. that's that was my mindset. So. <laughs> that's only gonna put my average from a hundred to seventy five percent. I'm taking it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But shout out to Dylan, man. Over these last uh, 10 games, he's averaged 15 points, shooting 43% from deep. Uh, so as a role player, really. At, and we forget that this is his third year, but he missed basically all of last year after playing all 82 games. So it's kind of like his second year in the NBA, Jaron's second year, Jaws first. All these guys are growing together. Um, so just, I mean, yeah. I, how do y'all feel about Dylan? Like, do you, do you, if if someone offered us a a trade for him, oh, I, I don't know what like Kelly Oubre oh. or <laughs> <laughs> that was personal last night. Him going to Kelly Oubre, I feel that like was personal. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't know, man. It's the same. Like you know, I hate him and I love him. Um, and like you know, when he's hot, like you said, he's hot and like. Honestly, granted, last night, if he wouldn't have came in late in the fourth and hit those back-to-back threes, yeah. that game could have yeah. slipped away. Like, yeah. those were two. At first, I was thinking, like, oh, these are just, you know, add-ons, but that shit ended up really counting and really mattering. Um, so, you know, he just has no fear also, you know. He has supreme confidence. And I think to your point, like, he's basically in his second year. We've got John B.C. in their first year and in his second. Like, to see these guys really growing together, right, we can see the camaraderie. We can see how – hype they get for one another on the bench, you know, how much fun they seem to be playing with each other. For as much as Dylan frustrates all of us watching sometimes, I've never visibly seen many of his teammates frustrated with him, yeah. uh, which is also a pretty interesting tidbit. Um, and so I think it's all dependent upon the package, man. I don't know, like, because I know, like, we've got some contract stuff coming up. And so 
is Dylan a part of this future? Like, is Dylan a part of the core moving forward? Is I think the question at the front office is probably analyzing even more in depth than we are. You know, it's probably something they're thinking about nightly. Yeah. So if it's not, what would you trade him for? Is yeah. how much think are I, you I willing to I pay him? him? I, I don't even think I want Kelly Ubi to be honest for him. I don't know Kelly Ubi. I didn't see it yesterday, right? I know he has his flashes. He kind of looks the part, but I I just didn't see it. I didn't see it at Kansas. I like Ubre's game, uh, and if you would have asked me before, you know, this season got going, I would have said that the front office were idiots for not, right. uh, you know, pulling the trigger on that trade. But this version of Dylan we've been seeing, it's just something, and it's really like I always think about when he's playing, I think about Bill Simmons take on championship teams. He's like, you need that irrational confidence guy who can come in and get hotter than a firecracker uh, and win you a game. But he's also going to cost you a couple games or he might cost you a game in the playoff series if he doesn't produce. So I like to think of Dylan as our irrational confidence guy. I just don't know how much this offseason I'm willing to pay him. Mm-hmm. It, is he our starting shooting guard moving forward? I think I'd rather see him in that six-man role, honestly. But right now, we just don't have the tools to do that. So it is what it is. He's our starting guard. And yeah. there's not a not a lot of people on the free agent market this year either. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see what this front office does with, in, in terms of collecting assets moving forward. Uh, Zach, what, what's your thoughts on DB? So before I – Answer that real quick. I'm gonna go to another Twitter poll, baby. I've got all oh! Twitter research today. <laughs> Made in Memphis poll um. from last night. Uh, she asked, "Would you trade Brooks or keep Brooks?" Of course, that was after a big night where you know he was instrumental to us beating the Suns. So I would assume that recency bias probably played into a lot of votes. But essentially, it's sixty forty in favor of keeping Brooks. Now you ask that on another night, it's probably flipped the other way. But my personal take on Dylan is that he does, he has a a special set of skills, like Liam Neeson. (laughs) I knew it was coming. (laughs) Yeah. He can hit that catch and shoot. And as long as he is in that role, that, and Jenkins can get him to stay in that defined role where he's efficient and helpful to the team. He's a great guy to have on your roster. But when he starts becoming irrational, trying to do three spin moves up and under in the post on three guys, that irks me. But like you said, this is his second NBA season. I don't maybe I shouldn't be optimistic about it, but I'm optimistic that Jenkins can harness that energy and have Dylan play the role that he's meant to play that is very beneficial for this team. So I Obviously, right now, over the past few games, he's been doing pretty well. It's been very impactful and helpful for the team. Really, you know, we'll see how that plays out the rest of the season. What do you think the odds are of us going into the summer as opposed to trading him? I think we'll keep him this year. You think, think and then just see what he's going to be cost, what he's going to cost us on the restricted market. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much he's going to get, you know? And if we can bring him back for three years, 30 million, like I'd be okay with that. You know, JV style deal. 
uh, more versatile player than Jay. Obviously, two completely different scenarios. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back. And if that's the route that they go and we end up losing him, I, I wouldn't be mad. You know, someone offers them some ridiculous contract and we're just like, no, nah, fuck that. I'd be cool. All I know is that for years and years and years, we've been begging for someone who can shoot 40% from the three-point line. And we have one of those guys on our roster. And it seems like it would be tough for us just to let him walk. We got two of those guys. Two, yeah, we have two, well, th- three. Josh shooting oh. over 40% too. Just a yeah. lot lower attempts. Right, right. So that'll be interesting. Uh, over the last 10 games, I looked up our stats. Uh, we're 5-5 five and five in our last 10. We're first in the league in points per game, averaging 118 <laughs> points per game, which wow. is, yeah, like – that makes sense. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, we're first in the league in field goal percentage, shooting 49%. Uh, and on the season, we're fifth in field goal percentage, and we're 10th in points per game. So these are some jumps in this little 10-game span that I've taken out, but not huge jumps. You know, We're not jumping from 19 to 2 or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, we're first in assists in the last 10 games, as Zach brought up earlier. We're second on the season. And in the last 10 games, we're third in three-point percentage, shooting 38% uh, normally or throughout the entirety of the season. We're 12th. Um, we're 27th in defensive rating, 26th in steals, 29th in opponent second-chance points, and 29th in opponent points in the paint. So over our last 10 games, our defense has faltered and our offense has marginally improved, and we've been 5-5. Five and five which if we play 500 basketball, like with this team, I think that's a good goal to play 500 basketball. So just some, some interesting tidbits. Uh, like basically what I'm saying is these last 10 games have been fun as hell uh, with DeAnthony Melton in there. Uh, we've seen Marco Gaduric riding the pine. We've seen a little bit of Grayson Allen. We damn sure ain't seen no Bruno Caboclo, whose contract uh, is guaranteed or not guaranteed tomorrow, January 7th. Ooh. Ooh. So we may not see him. <laughs> and, and what makes it the outlook dim for Bruno is when we trade Iggy or we trade Jay, we're yeah. probably going to have to bring back two Multiple players. guys, yeah. And, and so that's this – this next month, I think the trade deadline is what, February 7th, February 8th, one of those days. Yep, a month from tomorrow. Yeah, so it's going to be real a real interesting month to see how we navigate the trade waters and the roster moves that are made. Um, so, yeah, man, that's just that's all I got in that segment. A real quick dip into trade discussions. So one floating around. Uh, I don't know where it started, but I know Bleacher Report mentioned it is Igudala to the Lakers for Bradley and Kuzma. So whether or not it's true or whatever, what would you think about a deal structured around Kyle Kuzma? I mean, if we can get a talent like Kyle Kuzma for Andre Igudala, yeah, I'd do it. Obviously, that's no picks. Um, but I think we've got other assets that we can acquire picks from. I'm not sure we get a first for Iggy, like, He's been sitting around. He was kind of washed up last year. Yeah. If we could get Kuz for him, yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, if we could get Kuz, like, sure. I mean, it'd be similar to our, our old friend Parsons, you know, somebody who was meant for that Hollywood life. He'll have some baddies <laughs> sitting courtside, you know, here in the <laughs> M, uh, for sure. But, uh, I mean, 
like you said, I mean, he doesn't do much else on the basketball court but score. But, I mean, if given another opportunity, and I think he's also somebody who's still young in his career, he's been confined into a much different role than he was having to play in his first two years. So, you know, I think there's still something in there in Kuz that he's not able to showcase as this six-man off the bench for the Lakers. Um, And then, of course, our old friend Avery Bradley, um, who's been starting in L.A., been kind of suffering with some injury uh, issues and whatnot. But, I mean, I'm with Slim. I I just don't see us getting a first for Iggy at this point, at this stage. If we could get two in a second rounder and those two are Kuz and Avery Bradley, I'm honestly okay with that. I don't know how much it is that that would actually happen, though. Yeah, that was kind of my thoughts. I didn't have anything super special. I didn't know if any either of you guys feel like arguing too much against it. But I would like I would take Kuz and Bradley before I take like a Montrez. Uh, not Montrez. No, I mean uh, what's the other? <laughs> uh, damn, who's the other dude in in the Clippers? Uh, fuck, what's his name? He's the guard. Damn it, it's like Jerome Landry? Robinson Shaman? and Shaman? no, 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 no. Uh, Derek Walton. Shit, not Derek Walton. Fuck, he has like a Montrez name. Shit. Hold up. This is going to hurt Montrez. me. <laughs> Wait. Who are you talking about? <laughs> Let me see. But, I, I want to see if I can guess Marie, this name. Mo Harkless, man. Mo Harkless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Fuck, yeah. I, that was it. So I would I would take Coos and Avery Bradley before I take like a package centered around Mo Harkless and Jerome Robinson, which I've also seen thrown around. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing I can say for Mo Harkless is he was, you know, on that playoff Portland team last year, a starter, and they let it, they got rid of him, and they, they fucking suck. So. <laughs> That's a big fact. That's a big fact. <laughs> uh, but Aminu, too. Just crazy, man. The next six games are all at home. We got Minnesota on Tuesday, which is tomorrow. Uh a team many predicted would be way ahead of us in the stand, in the standings, you know, in the offseason, and they just haven't got it together. Uh, then we have the Spurs, who we owe one because they came and whooped us. You know, probably the, the worst loss of the year, right? That went to the Spurs? When Had they put, like, yeah, when we gave up us. the most points ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got Wolves, Spurs, Rockets. Three winnable games. Hell, we're in a playoff race with the Spurs for eight seed. Then we got Cleveland and or then we got Houston, Cleveland, and the Pelicans. So Minnesota, Spurs, Warriors, Rockets, Cleveland, Pelicans. That's some winnable games, folks. Those are all winnable games. I mean, yeah, we can even beat the Rockets. Yeah. You know, they've known to take nights off. We catch them after a Magic City night or something like that. That <laughs> Atlanta Memphis back-to-back. So, the Pills game, of course, that homestand ends with the MLK Day game. It'll be on TNT. Um, and then on, moving even for, further forward, three of our next 13 games are versus teams with a winning record. Just three. That's it. Wow. Wow. Uh, so we got a chance to really kind of make a run. That's what I was kind of alluding to earlier when I said if we want it, we can go get it. It's because we play a bunch of teams that are just like us who we've been beating. Um, and the road games in that 13, the only road games are at Boston, at Detroit, at New York, at New Orleans. At Boston is the only one that you're really like, oh, that's an L probably. Right. 
So, I mean, the, the opportunity is there. But Damn. as we mentioned, you know, this this roster, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I was kind of trying to see what our contract situation was. And the guys that we've got locked up through 21-22, there's seven of them. Ja, Jaron, Brandon, obviously. And then we got Tyus, uh, Jonas, and Grayson, and Kyle Anderson. I don't see any of them getting moved. Uh, Kyle, maybe, because the coaching staff doesn't seem like they're going to play him for whatever reason, even though he's productive when he's in there. He's a ball handler. He might be able to help in some of these stretches where they're blitzing jaw and like when we can't get it over half court, <laughs> Kyle can dribble and pass, and he's a smart basketball player. So I think he would be helpful in some of those like fourth quarter situations last night against Phoenix. Um, but so that's seven guys. I can't really see any of them being moved except for Kyle. And that's through 20 tw- or 21, 22. So that's two years from now. Uh, next year, we got a team option on Jaron. Obviously that's a no brainer and Grayson. And then uh, we already declined Josh Jackson's. Maybe Josh Jackson is our draft pick this year. <laughs> oh, Sam would be so mad if he heard me say that. <laughs> oh, fucking Chris Wallace, second draft <laughs> from Kansas. <laughs> but do y'all think Josh Jackson is ever going to play a game for the Grizzlies, whether it's this season or beyond? It's not trending that way. I know, honestly, I, yeah. isn't. I, if I if I had to put money on it, it would not be very much money. But I think I would say no. I just feel like if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now, man. It just it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards. And I think that one, granted, minor, minor slip up that he had, I think that was just they're just going to use that as leverage to just, you know, probably get him out of here, man. But it seems like he's been doing well with the hustle. The hustle have been playing great basketball, man. But I, I guess it just wasn't in the cards. It doesn't look that way. I mean, and Mike from Memphis doesn't think that uh, – He'll ever make an appearance in Memphis either. Shout out my boy Mike from Memphis, man, Big Mike. I know he's rooting for Josh Jackson, uh, as am I. And here's what I'm holding on to. Once we make some of these trades and we bring some scrubs in and buy them out, that's when it's going to be time to unleash Josh Jackson. That's how we close the season is uh, him getting accustomed to his new boys, Josh, Aaron, and Brandon Clark. And then we re-sign him to a deal because we held him captive so long. No one is going to offer him a contract, and he's going to be like, damn, I really learned a lot in Memphis, got to work on my game in the G League, and uh, going to sign a little two-year deal or something, then get paid after that. That is a nice uh, story. I, I hope it plays out like that. Yeah, I would have no problem with that. Could be the weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or maybe we wake up tomorrow, Bruno's cut, and Josh is in Memphis. So Also could happen. We'll see. Also could happen, man. Y'all got anything else? Now make sure to subscribe to the Barnburner Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your shows. And check out the-barnburner.com. We appreciate you guys listening slash watching the backdoor cut. This is Zach, Mason, and Richard, and we'll see you later. Go Grizz, baby. Tighten up.
Tigers got a big game in Wichita State on Thursday. Let's go!